Welcome back. We're in Revelation chapter 18, verse 19. Let's go. Verse 19, they threw dust on their heads and cried out, weeping and wailing and saying, Alas, alas, that great city in which all who had ships on the sea became rich by her wealth, for in one hour she is made desolate. Verse 20, rejoice over her, O heaven, and you holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. So let's do a quick timeline study to get a grasp on where we are. So presently we're in the church age. It began with Pentecost. It will end with the rapture. God comes in the clouds, but that is not his second coming at the rapture. And those Christians who are alive at the time will go up into heaven without what we would call dying. Although technically Christians will never die because they died on the cross with Jesus and were born again, that's that term, born again, of the Spirit. So a Christ follower will never die because they only died once. They were born of their mother. They died on the cross with Jesus. They were born again. They'll never be born again after that or die after that. They have eternal life from that moment on. Only when we get to heaven, though, where there, where there, will there be no more tears and sadness, uh, but just joy. But right now we're in that church age that will end with the uh, rapture. Right after the rapture, whether it's minutes, hours, or days, or weeks, I, I think it'll be extremely quickly, probably instantly, but don't know for sure, we'll have the tribulation begin. The tribulation will be seven years long. It fulfills the 70th, uh, 70s of uh, Daniel the 77s, and we've experienced 69 of them that was cut off when Jesus was killed on the cross. That time will start ticking again during the tribulation. So there's one seven-year period left, and that will be the tribulation. We commonly divide it up into two parts, the first half, which is three and a half years, the second half, which is three and a half years, and is known as the Great Tribulation. At the beginning of the tribulation, the Antichrist will rise to power he will be this great, or perceptively great person and leader, peaceful, probably good-looking, charismatic, strikes, strikes a peace agreement with Israel so that there's no more war over there. So all of a sudden, the anti-Semitism just kind of goes away. So everybody looks at him as their little savior. And they start idolizing him and worshiping him. And the nations around the world rally around him, uh, 10 specifically, uh, the, the world's kind of rallies around 10 nations who follow the antichrist and this world religion pops up and everybody focuses on that world religion whether it's actually one religion or it's just kind of the kumbaya coexist and no fighting among uh, religions and then in the middle of the tribulation the antichrist is like yeah enough is enough i'm god that religion's going away you're going to worship me from now on and he becomes super energized by satan or indwelled by satan i believe the latter and then you have the great tribulation throughout the tribulation you're going to have judgments you're going to have the seven seal judgments and the seven trumpet judgments and the seven bowl judgments these are judgments on the earth and on mankind and against the rebellion against god in the garden adam and eve were made perfect they were made immortal to live forever but they gave that up there was just one thing that god said don't do this you'll have eternal life you'll you'll live forever um, if you don't do this. And they did that. And now think about this. He, he reverses it. And instead of saying there's one thing we can't do, he says there's one thing we can do 
to have eternal life. So in the garden, he said, you can't do this or you'll lose your eternal life. For you listening today, what he's saying is if you do this, then you will have eternal life. And what is that one thing? Is it walking an old lady across the street? Is it giving away 13.2% of your income? Is it being a happy person, smiling around people? What is it? No, it's one thing. It is faith in Jesus Christ, that he is God, that he died on the cross for your sins, that he is your substitute, that you ask forgiveness of him. You get, you get it. That's the one thing. He says, if you do this one thing, you will have eternal life. It really is that simple. And so we go through the tribulation. There'll be destruction to land and seas and people. God will seal 144,000 Jewish people, 12,000 from each of 12 tribes, and they will make it through the entire tribulation. At the beginning of the tribulation, think about it, all the Christians were raptured, so there's only unbelievers at that point. However, many of them, I think it's it's a huge number. It's not a large percentage, I don't think, but it's a huge number come to understand that Jesus is Christ and they declare him to be Lord. And that's what we call tribulation saints. And many of these tribulation saints will be killed. God will use the 144,000 that he seals from uh, Israel to worship to the world and tell them about Jesus. But these 144,000 will not be killed. They will not be martyred. They will survive through the entire tribulation. God places a special hedge of protection around them because he's God and he can do that and he can choose to do that. And uh, other believers will be killed. And then you'll have these, the religious Babylon, which is what we talked about, kind of rallying around one religion. And then Satan will turn on that and be like, nope, that religion's gone. You are going to worship me. And people will do that. They will worship Satan. They will worship the Antichrist. And then you'll have commercial Babylon, which is a physical literal city that pops up somewhere, um, probably in the Middle East, uh, perhaps in Rome, perhaps in Jerusalem, perhaps by the Euphrates. There's different interpretations. Um, But just think of this Babylonian empire that comes to being again, and this will be the new center of the world for commerce and everything, for idol worship, everything. And then here, what we're reading about is this just gets destroyed. And it will come on suddenly, and it will come on quickly. So in 19, it says, They threw dust on their heads and cried out, weeping and wailing and saying, Alas, alas, that great city. What is the great city? That's Babylon. In which all who had ships on the sea became rich by her wealth. So the merchants, the, the shipmasters, who they got paid a lot of money to take money to and fro Babylon to other parts of the world, uh, just like we export and import things to China and Latin America and you name it, and it gets there on, on ships. So these shipmasters are going to lose all their wealth suddenly and quickly. And it says, for in one hour she is made desolate. So the very, very, very quickly. This is not a long time period. This is quickly. It just comes to an end. And that commerce, that commercial center, that what they call, you know, the great commercial center, like a New York, a L.A., a Paris, something like that, is just utterly destroyed, and it affects the entire world. And in verse 20, it says, Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. So if we look in verse 19, it says, They were weeping and wailing. So note the response. Unbelievers will weep and wail, while believers 
those in heaven, those who understand God, will rejoice. Do you want to be wailing and weeping, or do you want to be rejoicing? Think about it. You see, God is sovereign. He is in control. He will do what he has told us he will do. He will avenge the wrongs that have been committed against him and avenge the followers of Christ. God has judged Babylon for the way she treated his people. That's me talking about the future. Really, God will judge Babylon. And in this verse, which is in the future, which is at the last stage of the Great Tribulation, uh, he, he will have judged Babylon for the way that she treated his people. If you saw the this economic collapse, let's just say it happened today, which it won't, but let's just say it did. Which would you be? Would you be in the corner of weeping and wailing? Or would you be rejoicing, knowing that Jesus is about to come again? I would hope that myself and anyone listening to this would be in the latter camp, that we wouldn't weep and wail at the loss of money and power and stuff, but that we would just understand that God is sovereign. He keeps his promises and he is in control. Verse 21, Then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence the great city Babylon shall be thrown down and shall not be found anymore. So there's a mighty angel, took up a stone. It says, like a great millstone. So this is some uh, a metaphor um, or a simile, like a great millstone. And what is a millstone? It's something that they used to uh, gr- grind grain and could easily weigh a couple thousand pounds. Uh, very, very big and giant. So it must be mighty, you know, in this illustration because this is a mighty angel took up a millstone. It would take a mighty <laughs> entity to pick up a couple thousand pound millstone. Again, this is a similar, but we're getting the, the uh, scope of the destruction that is coming upon commercial Babylon. And so it's a graphic picture of the destruction of commercial Babylon. J. Vernon McGee says, like a stone that makes a big splash and then disappears beneath the waves, will Babylon come to an end? I think that's a great description. And the latter part of verse 21 says, saying, Thus with violence the great city Babylon shall be thrown down and shall not be found anymore. So I'm going to, I'm going to read this. J. Vernon McGee was talking about um, Edward Gibbon. So I'll read it. J., J. Vernon McGee said, One of the most widely read books of all time is The Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire, written by Edward Gibbon in 1788. In it, he gives five basic reasons why that great civilization is withered and died, or withered and died. The undermining of the dignity and sanctity of the home, which is the basic for human society. Two, higher and higher taxes. The spending of money for free bread and circuses for the populace. The mad craze for pleasure, sports uh, becoming every year more exciting, more brutal, and more immoral. The building of great armaments when the real enemy was within. The decay of individual responsibility. The decay of religion. Faith fading into more f- mere form, losing touch with life, losing power to guide the people. Did you just hear what I just read? That was 1788, so that's 220-something years ago. Doesn't that sound like America? The dignity and sanctity of the home is going away. Higher and higher taxes for public spending. Sports becoming uh, 
people idolizing and going crazy over sports and betting on it. Uh, the building of uh, armaments when the real enemy is within. And the decay of religion. Faith just fading into mere form. All of those sound like America today and the whole world. Oh, we're close. We're close. And this was 220 years ago. And then if we look at Jeremiah's prophecy in Jeremiah 51, 63 to 64, guess what? It's fulfilled right here. So how cool that the Old Testament ties into the New Testament. The Old Testament is completely relevant. We can learn from it and we won't understand the Bible unless we also understand the Old Testament portion of it. I'll read this. Jeremiah 51, 63 says, Now it shall be when you have finished reading this book that you shall tie a stone to it and throw it out into the Euphrates. Then you shall say, Thus Babylon shall sink and not rise from the catastrophe that I will bring upon her, and they shall be weary. Thus far are the words of Jeremiah. Warren Wearsby said this. He said, How important it is that God's people look at events from God's point of view. In fact, we are commanded to rejoice at the overthrow of Babylon, because in his in this judgment, God will vindicate his servants who were martyred. So cool, all this stuff. Um, verse 22, the sound of harpists, musicians, flutists, and trumpeters shall not be heard in you anymore. That's simple enough. Uh, no craftsman of any craft shall be found in you anymore, and the sound of millstone shall not be heard in you anymore. We talked about this. This is utter destruction. Commercial Babylon is no more. They're talking about it. Uh, finances are destroyed. Uh, there's nothing to, there's no demand anymore. It sounds like there won't be any, any supply of anything anymore either, so it just drops to zero. Uh, everything, the crafts, um, the, the craftsmen, the musicians, the, the music, all that stuff, just gone. 23, the light of a lamp shall not shine in you anymore. And the voice of bridegroom and bride shall not be heard in you anymore. So the way of life is going away. There's no more light. There's no more weddings. For your merchants were the great men of the earth. For by your sorcery, all the nations were deceived. That word sorcery, sorcery means witchcraft or medication. For by your, your sorcery, all the nations were deceived. What type of sorcery? Well, Satan was in control, remember, through the Antichrist. And Satan is the opposite of God, that witchcraft, that uh, opposition to God. God's city is Jerusalem. Satan's city is Babylon. God is all-powerful and can be everywhere at once. Satan is not all-powerful. He has limits placed on him by God, and he can only be in one place at one time. He wants to, and he has done a good job, placing spell on people to blind them and put uh, scales over their eyes so that they can't see the truth. He wants them to believe that what they're doing is their choice and they can do what they feel and they can do what they want to do and all will work out just great. Kumbaya coexist. All roads lead to the same place. All of that is complete falsehood. It's complete babble, which is why it comes from Babylon. Uh, it's just junk and crap. And 24, and in her was found the blood of prophets and saints and all who were slain on the earth. So in her, who's that Babylon, was found the blood of prophets and saints. So many prophets have been killed in the name of God. Many saints, right now, during the new uh, the church age, many people around the world have, have been and are still being killed for the faith in Jesus 
And then the tribulation, those who come to believe in Jesus during the tribulation are known as the tribulation saints, and many of them will be killed for their belief in Jesus. Did you know that since 1900, there have been roughly 250,000 people murdered each year simply because they believe in Jesus? Think about this number. That comes to 30 million people over the past 120 years. That's a huge number. That is, I think the Holocaust was 6 million people. This is five times more than the Holocaust. Babylon will profit on the heels of Christian suffering. It will celebrate its power and triumph over Christians. But in the end, it'll be destroyed. Satan's city will be destroyed. And it will happen suddenly. And it will happen quickly. And what a glorious sight that will be. Again, if you're on the earth, you're going to weep and wail if you don't believe in Jesus. But if you believe in Jesus, you're going to rejoice saying, Jesus is close. God is in control. Lord, help us to understand that you are omnipotent, you are all-powerful, that you are omnipresent, you are everywhere, that you are sovereign, you are in control of everything. But you give us free will, Lord, and you offer salvation universally. You died on the cross, not for the sins of some, not for the sins of a few chosen and predestined selected people, but for all, Lord. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life, Lord. And you want that none shall perish. It's a universal offering, but we must accept it individually. Because we can't be saved by the belief of our parents or our grandparents or our community. The fact that we go to church on Christmas and Easter. We're saved by being born again. Which happens when we trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior. And repent and ask you to forgive us, Lord. It's one simple thing. In the garden, there's one thing they couldn't do. They had eternal life, but, but save one thing that would ruin it. And they did that one thing. And now you say you can have eternal life as long as you do one thing. And I pray that all of us do that one thing. I did it about 13 years ago, and I thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you for accepting me and forgiving me. Help us to love you, Lord. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to Daily Verse by Verse. We want you to be prepared in season and out of season to study the whole counsel of God so that you can share with people who Jesus is through your actions so that you have the right to tell them who Jesus is, so that they can come to know Jesus or come to know Jesus better. We strongly encourage you to share this message, this podcast on your social media, Facebook, Instagram, message, email someone who you think could benefit from it. It's an easy way for you to go out and witness to the world just by sharing this podcast. We hope you'll join us tomorrow. Have a wonderful day.